Welcome to Highway 89, Utah's most scenic musical byway. I'm Scott Eckern, and with me in the studio is concert pianist Josh Wright. Josh is the gold medal- was a gold medalist at the 2010 Seattle International Piano Competition. He was the first prize winner of the 2010 American Protégé International Competition of Romantic Music in New York, and the second prize winner of the 2011 Music Teachers National Association National Competition in Milwaukee. He has appeared with the Utah Symphony and the Salt Lake Symphony. He recently completed a Master of Music degree at the University of Utah and is preparing to pursue doctoral studies. He has recorded four CDs. His most recent CD is entitled Josh Wright. It reached number one on Billboard's classical traditional chart just three weeks after its release. We'll chat with our guest this hour, but let's start to to get to know him musically first with Chopin's Etude Opus 25, number 11. Thank you. 
That was concert pianist Josh Wright with our first musical offering on Highway 89, Chopin's Etude Opus 25, number 11. Well, we're going to chat with Josh uh, right now, and then we'll hear some more music from him. How are you, Josh? Doing great. <laughs> great. Hey, I want to first congratulate you on completing your master's degree. It must be pretty nice to have that done, right? Feels good. <laughs> good. And so are you pursuing doctoral work now? Yeah, I am going to, um, I'm actually enrolled in the University of Utah's program right now, and I'm preparing to transfer for next fall to go somewhere else. Oh, excellent. So I'm going to really just kind of jump right into what I think may be considered kind of your signature piece on YouTube and on your website, which is not only playing one piano, but two pianos. There's a grand piano on the right hand and a grand piano on the left hand. You have two hands. Why not two pianos, right? <laughs> right. So tell me how, so if you were to go to, to YouTube and look up that video, what video would it be? What, what's um, it called? If you, uh, if you just look up Josh Wright, two pianos. Josh Wright, will, two pianos. That will bring it up. Okay. And why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit of how that idea came about? And We were just looking for a good marketing idea for the new CD. And um, we, we weren't really concerned with, okay, it has to be... Um, just the most beautiful thing in the world. It's just something that's eye-catching, that's different. And uh, we just took La Campanella and divided it between two pianos. And, um, it, you know, there there isn't anything different about the piece. It was just creative and new. And so we tried to kind of get new audience appeal, which I think it worked pretty well. Uh, it, people responded well to it. It's on your website, but then, but it's on YouTube. So have you do you kind of track what the what the response is on YouTube, uh, yeah, how many views and so forth? I think there's around 50,000 right now. I mean, it's not a million, but I mean, it's a lot better than the 200 views I have on some of my teaching videos. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, it is pretty eye-catching. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty dramatic. You have two grand pianos, and you're really very emotion, a very emotional player, so it, it does catch your attention. So I think it was a good idea. Thank you. Um, was it? Did you have fun filming that? Was it... It was really fun because we were just being very creative throughout the whole thing. Uh, I was working with some really great camera um, and videographers, and uh, and it was just fun because the Deseret Book team was there, and we were all thinking, what could, how could we make this better? And so it was just an adventure throughout the whole process of making the video. Cool. Um, was there anything, any part that was harder than another? I mean, maybe the ending or. Yeah, the ending was really, really tough because, first of all, it's very awkward to be pedaling with both pianos because you can't have right. um, just staccato in one hand. You have to be pedaling with both pianos, so you're situated very awkwardly. And then um, the left hand's completely blind, and it's very hard because you're doing octaves that are jumping around all over the place in the left hand. And so I watched my right hand because it was the melody. It was more important than, I guess, the left. I, I don't know. It's Everything's important, but, <laughs> right. I mean, right. it was critical that the melody at least be there. So I was just kind of praying that it turned out. And then I did it on live TV, which was even scarier, a few weeks later. And uh, I just had to practice really hard to make sure it was there. Well, I mean, it must be, it, when I was watching it, it I play the piano a little bit, and watching it, you know, you're used to just having your hands right in front of you for the most part. So I can imagine you just sort of have the muscle memory that right. it's just the left hand. I I just trust that it's there, and I'll just go forward with the right hand. So Yeah, complete trust and confidence that you have to have. Well, speaking of trust and confidence, I understand recently you participated in a, a public seminar that was entitled Overcoming Stage Fright, which is 
which needs trust and confidence to overcome, yeah. I would assume, yeah? Right. So maybe you could tell me, uh, did you, have you struggled with stage fright? What, what got you involved in that particular seminar? Um, well, I just, uh, they, were, they invited me to do a speech at this music store, and, and they said, you can lecture on whatever you'd like. And I thought, what's the biggest thing that people always ask me about? And I would say stage fright is one of the most common things, and it's applicable not only in music, but also in speaking and all these different things. And so um, when I was very young, I didn't experience any stage fright. Mm -hmm. I was always very confident. And then when I was like 15 or 16 and competing in bigger competitions, I started to get really nervous. So I did. I learned a lot of techniques from my teacher, Susan Duhlmeyer, and um, also just from studying it. And then it got better and it went away. So I didn't worry about it. And then I served a mission and I came home and I was competing in big competitions again. And it was kind of crippling because my memory was starting to go. So um, I would mess up in the most random little places. And uh, so I, I decided to lecture on this um, because I, after those competitions, I studied really hard um, some different sources and found knowledge that has really helped me to overcome that. Well, great. So... So you served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Right. And where did you serve? I served in the South Dakota Rapid City Mission, which included a year of service in South Dakota and then a year in Wyoming. Great. And so then in that, so you had that experience, which then meeting a lot of different people and so forth. So now you come back and you're playing the piano again and having to apply some things you learned in that regard. Yeah, I think the mission is a really wonderful experience because it teaches you how to love people and, and how to interact better and more effectively. So um, it was, and I mean, then there's this t spiritual aspect which makes it completely worth it. So now you're back, you're in the concert competition, piano competition and so forth. What what would you advise other pianists, other musicians, if you will, or, or public speakers that what could help them conquer stage fright? Um, I would first recommend a book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, and a uh, very amazing book. And also, um, pretty much what he says in that book is that you need to kind of quiet down your mind. And so I, I think having a place to escape to in your mind and having some an outlet. So if, if you are starting to think about notes, you have an outlet of something else to think about. Having a, literally a distraction from the nerves. You have to distract your mind away from overanalyzing the notes. And that takes a lot of practice to overcome, but it can be done. I still get nervous sometimes, and I have to continuously practice at it. Well, we're going to allow you to go back to the keyboard and to the piano, and we're going to allow ourselves to go to a good place uh, that will help us musically and perhaps free us from distraction and view one of our scenic musical byways on our Highway 89. Uh, we're going to hear two offerings by Chopin, Ballad Number no. 1 and Nocturne Opus 27 Number no. 2, shared with us by Josh Wright, concert pianist.
We have just been listening to Chopin's Ballade Number no. 1 and Nocturne Opus 27 Number no. 2 by our guest on Highway 89 today, Josh Wright, our concert pianist. So we're going to talk to you a little bit more, Josh. Um, you're actually originally from Salt Lake City, Utah, correct? Correct. And in your bio, uh, it includes a credit that you were a piano double for the WB television program Everwood, which took place in Colorado, but filmed in the Salt Lake City, uh, Utah area, Ogden, Utah, Salt Lake City. So how did you get involved in that production? When they first started the show, they needed someone who was proficient at piano. And um, I was think I think I was 13, but I think the character was playing a 16 or 17-year-old at the mm -hmm. time. And so they had me come down, but my hands were too small. Uh, so they um, got another boy to do that, but then he went to do his um, graduate work at Michigan. And so they called me again, and I had grown up. So that was after about two years. Mm -hmm. So I think I did, well... I'm not sure the timing because I did, I think I did three seasons of Everwood, so not sure how that'll work. Yeah, but yeah, it ran for four seasons, I think. And, right. And so, so what was that experience like? To to I mean, you're playing the piano, but did I know the time? Some of the times in the show, he had to play after an emotional experience in his life or whatever. Did you do some of the piano work? Did you like acting as well as playing the piano? Um, I was the opening shot right. of season three. <laughs> that, what they were trying to create in that is that he had been accepted at Juilliard, but unfortunately he hadn't, I, I believe, if I'm remembering the show correctly. And so they, they thought, oh, this is a great opening shot of him playing a concert at Juilliard, but it, it was a disappointment, and that was me playing, so I was the rival, I guess. <laughs> but um, I... Uh, it was really fun to work on a different kind of entertainment level. Um, and it was kind of awkward how he had to do it sometimes because they'd pan right from my hands up to his face. So I had to kind of kneel behind him and wrap my arms around him and then be playing the piano. So that was always uncomfortable for both of us, but it was fun. But it looked real, so you must have done a good job. Thank you. So we're going we're gonna to have you play a couple more pieces. It'll finish up our, our, our program today. Um, but I understand both of them are arrangements that you created. Right. Uh, the first one is How Great Thou Art, uh, paired up with uh, Debussy's Claire de Lune. And then the concluding piece is All Creatures of Our God and King, which I understand kind of has a special meaning to you. And why, tell us a little bit about that and your arrangement and so forth. Sure. Um, the first piece um, was kind of the first piece that started the hymns project that we had of combining classical music with um, Christian hymns. And uh, and it was really a fun experience because um, there's so many uh, there's so many hymn arrangements out there that I knew mine would kind of be washed out in in the mix. I mean, they all of them seem to be somewhat new age um, sounding or hymn like in the sense that they just stick to the kind of four part harmony um, uh, for piano at least. And so um, I wanted to do something totally different. So I. And after my mission, I had kind of a hard time deciding what I wanted to do because I I was like, man, I really love these hymns, but I also love classical music a lot. And so I decided to combine them. And that's been neat because on every concert, I can do classical music because I mixed them with classical. So people are, if they say, I want you to do stuff off of your new CD, it includes both mediums. Um, so the Claire de Lune and How Great Thou Art got that started. The other piece is really special to me because um, it has to do with my mission and a story from there. 
Um, I'll try to be brief in this story, but it's a really amazing story. Um, <clears throat> there was a family that I was close with, and uh, the ringers, and um, uh, the, the father's name was Chris, and um, th- there was a son, the son's name was Josh, and he was six years old, and um, he was a really smart little boy, and uh, I mean, he would read encyclopedias, and he had a very kind heart. He had he did so many things nice for um, a lot of people. He had some very cute little stories that we heard from his parents about how he like befriended like a handicapped girl at school and all these things. So he's a very sweet little kid. And one day he wanted to go outside and play. And in Gillette, Wyoming, in the winters, it's very, very cold. And his dad said, uh, you can go outside and play if you can um, stand outside for five minutes. And so in the cold and not and not die. <laughs> like pretty much he's just like, you got you to gotta prove it to me that you're not going to be too cold. And so he said, okay. And so Chris set an alarm on his phone. And the alarm ringtone is Tribute uh, by John Schmidt. Um, And the significance behind that was Chris had lost a friend in a motorcycle accident earlier uh, in his life. And and the Tribute song was what helped him get through that. And so uh, he sets the alarm. He's like, Dad, okay, I'm ready. That was a Saturday. And so uh, the alarm goes off. The next day he was in church and the alarm went off again. Uh, but he had just kind of ignored it rather than like erasing the alarm. And so the next day, Josh, uh, I think, I don't know if they woke up late for school or what it was, but he was late for the bus. And so Chris took him, um, to the next bus stop and they waited for the bus and the bus got there. And so he said, have a good day at school or something of the sort. And, uh, Josh got out and, and keep in mind how smart of a kid he was is he got out, but he crossed, I mean, he crossed around the front of the car to the other side of the bus. And so that was very strange. And Chris was like, I've been over this so many times with him. What is he doing? He has to go on the driver's side. It's dangerous. But right as Josh rounded the bus, the bus took off and it ran him over. Hmm. And um, and Chris uh, immediately called. And I, I don't remember the exact details, but I think they life flighted him to the hospital. And um, so he didn't think he was going to make it. It was a very tragic accident. And... Um, and they were just waiting to hear. And then the doctor came in and he said, there's just no hope. We have to pull him off of life support. And so Chris went in and he's standing over his son's body and just, I mean, what, how tragic is that? And, um, and then this song comes on, his alarm comes on from the three days before. And it's the tribute song that helped him get through his friend's death. And, uh, and it just came on just at that moment, right when they were about to take off the life support. And, um, and he said that was one of the tender mercies of God that, uh, that he knew that even though this horrible, tragic accident had happened, that God was with his family and, uh, their families gained a lot of strength through overcoming that together. And, um, Chris's wife, Cheryl, and I, uh, she's an opera singer, and um, we performed a lot before that. But after Josh's death we um, and his funeral, we started performing a lot of hymns concerts, and we put together an arrangement of um, All Creatures of Our God and King. Um, I wrote the piano part, and she sang to it. And, uh, and then after my mission, I, I arranged it for piano solo, and that's what we'll hear today. So we're going to hear uh, in our concluding moments here How Great Thou Art, um, um, combined with Debussy's Claire de Lune, and then All Creatures of Our God and King, both pieces arranged by 
Josh Wright, our concert pianist, and our guest this in this program, and uh, and this we will get to know Josh even more through his music. Thank you. 
We've just been listening to two original arrangements by our guest on today's program, Josh Wright. He first offered How Great Thou Art, uh, combined with Debussy's Claire de Lune, and then also an arrangement of All Creatures of Our God and King. Highway 89 takes you to any number of destinations, every one of them musical and memorable. Our guest today has been uh, concert pianist Josh Wright. He has appeared with the Utah Symphony and the Salt Lake Symphony. He has recorded four CDs, his most recent CD entitled Josh Wright. And it reached number one on Billboard's classical traditional chart just three weeks after its release. He was also the gold medalist at the 2010 Seattle International Piano Competition. And if you'd like to learn even more about him, please visit him at his website, joshwrightpiano.com. Now, we'd love to hear from you anytime about our program. You may contact us at highway89 at byu.edu. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite, and the show's producer is Jackie Tateishi. I'm Scott Eckern, and I've enjoyed spending this time with you. Thanks for listening. <laughs>